the newborn in a garden Bobby Flay Rachel Chester, New York, hungers a duo wielding jokes armed with force. Nothing but the finest cuisine in the Empire State. Napkins down, pinkies out, enjoy a garbage plate. You've heard the others, now here's the best. A grade A cut up apple rest. The funniest foodie friends you will ever find. But don't get it twisted. Their taste is refined. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Refined Taste with Dario and Chris. I'm Dario. I'm Chris. What's up, Chris? How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Yeah? It's a beautiful day. Yeah? How's Black History Month treating you so far? Uh, I haven't heard anybody say, when is it going to be White History Month yet? So <laughs> we're, we're, almost, we're almost there. Great start. Great start. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, go, don't read the comment section. Oh, right? no. Yeah. No, I've, I've already learned that. Yeah. Because it's in there. I know. <laughs> oh, man. They're angry. I don't know. They are livid. <laughs> yeah. Somebody man. was mad that somebody, some black woman opened up her own, like, beauty school. Yeah. And they were like, why are they going to let white people in? And it was like, she probably <laughs> is because, you know, money. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like most businesses. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you're doing something special on your social media, right, Chris? Yes, actually, I am. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so every year I do 28 days of black history. Uh, this year it's 29 black, day, er, black days, 29 <laughs> days of black history. And uh, every year I have a subject and this subject is the women of hip hop. Cool. So nice. like all the way back from the 70s, all the way up to, I think I break the early 2000s. I don't want to get it too much into is, like is modern Rod people. Digga on there. Oh my gosh. So here's the problem. I'm pulling out. There are so many people that like so many women in hip hop that people just don't know, like actual innovators who did things that nobody ever did. Uh Rod Digger was number 30 and I think I'm just going to put her in. Oh, nice. I'm just going to do two Uh days on the last day or something like that. I love it. Yes. That's great. So check out Chris, uh, head over to his social media, be posting that. I'll share some of them too. Yes. Kron's Anon uh, on social media, on Instagram, follow them. Uh, Today, we have a fantastic guest, some black history in the making today. We are joined by head chef of the Toast Factory, Keith Brown, is here with us today. Welcome to the show. Hey. hey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I like the way you put it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, man. It's great to have you here. How are you feeling today? Uh, 
You feel cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bobby's kicking in. <laughs> Did you have a busy weekend? Uh, yeah, the weekend's always busy. Yeah, always yeah. Busy. Saturday so, and Sunday yeah. is crazy. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So you're a uh, head chef, right? You're a co-owner as well? or I am. So said, I'm yeah. the, I'm actually the innovator, the creator, and yeah. um, over on 1322, um, actually co-owner, yep. So the my innovator. Cousin, I like... I he's like basically the RZA myself, yeah. of the Toast Factory. That's what oh, I, I like that. Yeah. Yes. I like yeah. that. <laughs> A.K.A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my cousin and I became partners. Um, because he wanted, he thought I had something going on good, he said, and he wanted to be a part of it. And so what he, uh, offered was helping out, you know, financially. And that was the result of that was actually getting the building, acquiring a building. Nice, mm -hmm. man. So toast factory, I just want to start right here. Uh, why, why French toast? Why is that the focal point of your restaurant? So as a younger kid, that was my favorite brunch or well, my favorite breakfast. Yeah. And so I can never make it at first. Um, and then in third grade, I begged my mother's boyfriend at the time to show me how to make his French toast because he made the best French toast. Yeah. Okay. So one day he finally showed me, and I tore it up for like three months. I mean, soggy bread, flavor not, you know, the best, <laughs> all kind of things. And yeah. then one day just I got it and it clicked, and I was like, okay. You know, so ever since then – I mean, myself, my family, wherever I would go stay tonight, I would make the breakfast. Oh, well, you're a welcome guest at anybody's house then. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. French toast is definitely one of my favorite things growing up. Mm -hmm. And I actually, uh, I make French toast for my mom on Mother's Day every year. Oh, that was kind that. of a pandemic thing. And, you know, when uh, restaurants were shut down, it's like, you know, we still want to hang out and kind of have brunch. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I just had it at my house and I made French toast and, uh, she says it's good, but I don't know. I don't know. She's biased. So. She, uh, she's definitely your biggest cheerleader. Yes. But also ask, uh, ask your wife. Ask yeah. your wife. No, she She'll be honest. She doesn't even let me make breakfast for her. It must what? suck. My, my French toast must be terrible. <laughs> She's that, her, she's that honest with you. She won't even let you make it. She's just rude, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So French toast from an early age, that was your favorite thing. So you made it like uh, over and over. You got that, that recipe, right? And uh, when when did you think that, you know, you're like, I, I got something. I This is, you know, something that, um you know, people want to eat. Um, you know, like I said, just when I, when I stayed the night at my, my best cousin's house, whatever, and I would make the French toast, and he loved it, and he's a tough critic, and then even my aunt and my cousin. And so, you know, at that point, aside from them and some other family members and friends, I just was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Pretty good at making French toast. <laughs> and then, like, I didn't really, I didn't really, like, think about it in a business aspect, though, until, right. you know, I got older. Yeah, yeah. So when... Uh, let's let's like kind of fill in the blanks okay. here. So you you just opened up uh, the Toast Factory back in July, was it? Just the brick and mortar. So okay. I've actually mm -hmm. been doing That's this. Right. Yeah, so yeah. This makes about four years now. So I started, I created the Toast Factory in 2007. Okay. And that came from just me being in my kitchen one day, and I was just tired of the extensive work hours, working hard. So um, it was simple as, what can I do with my eyes closed? Yeah. And I looked up, closed my eyes, saw I can make French toast. Yes. And so at that mm -hmm. point, I began to cultivate it and, you know, put like a, a, a bigger focus on it for myself as to where I can take it. 
And so the reason it was really, um, how could I say? The reason I thought I really had something there aside from the product is because French toast is always a one-off thing. Mm -hmm. So you had a, a diner here, diner there, diner here, IHOP, um, Cracker Barrel. And so there's always a one-off thing where people are, you know, making these French toast dishes, but I didn't enjoy them like that. Okay. And, and I didn't, um, I, I wouldn't want to be the worst critic ever. So instead I would just order like pancakes or, you know, egg sausage, something, something mm -hmm. simple that I figured nobody could mess up. Yeah. And so now when you put those two together, right, I'm great at my craft. Nobody focuses directly on French toast. And so you put them together and it makes a great business idea. So, which means I don't have a ceiling. I don't have a cap. What I'm doing now, I could take it across the country. I could take it across the world. And so, at that point, it was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to run this across the country. Yeah. All um, right. And that's, that was, like, basically the birth conception of it. That's awesome, man. You know? Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, nobody's doing French toast like you are. Nah. I know that. Nah. Not Rochester, at least. <laughs> yeah. I know. I can't. I can only speak for Rochester. Do you remember that first pop-up? How, how did that go? Uh, so in 07, after I created a DBA, I actually presented to a Christian church over on North mm -hmm. Clinton. Um, and I, how I presented to them was I gave them a little history on French toast, mm -hmm. how it started, where it started. And then I let them taste mine. And then they were all in and they said, okay, good. You can come in. And so that's, that was the first. The taste test. Yeah. That was like the first <laughs> operation of the toast factory in 07. Um, and it was cool. It, don't get me wrong. It's just that the neighborhood that we were in, which is North Clinton, is pretty rough for those who know mm -hmm. the city. Sure. Um, it was hard to retain the customers. So I have always had a mixed crowd, black, mm -hmm. white, Spanish, doesn't matter. And so because of the atmosphere of that environment, like the drug dealers or, you know, the rough looking fellows or gals. Sure, <laughs> sure. I don't know how to, how to really politically say that correctly. Um, <laughs> I think that was good. Oh, okay, cool. Biz, biz, corner businessmen. Rough, <laughs> yes, yes. Rough I looking like guys. <laughs> uh, so because of that dynamic, it was hard to retain the customers. It didn't matter mm -hmm. if they came and they had no suggestions, if they loved it, and they were like, oh, don't change anything. The chances of seeing another white person at that restaurant was slim to none. Mm. So... <laughs> It was, it, you know, don't get me wrong. It's cool that my black people support me. Then it's cool that the Spanish people support me. But the goal in order for me to go across the country with this is I need to be universal. Definitely. Right. So, right. Um, and then I shut down rather quickly. And then from there, I took a 13-year hiatus. Came back in 2020 in the middle of COVID. Yeah. Which was perfect timing. Right? <laughs> sure. As, yeah. As you said. Yeah. Um, you couldn't go anywhere. So That's everybody right. was tired of sitting in the house. Couldn't get out, couldn't mingle. Mm -hmm. So I took uh, the opportunity. And how I did that was if it was Chris or Chris or one more time. Dario. Sorry, Dario. <laughs> I, I, I preferred you say it rather than me mess it up. It's a very forgettable name. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so now we'll just use Dario so I won't forget it anymore. So I will ask you, hey, Dario, you love, do you like French toast? Hey, yeah, I love French toast. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I think I make the best French toast around. Really? I was like, yeah. So... How about this? I'll come cook for you and your family. You guys eat for free. You just let me use the backyard. And then your friends, my friends, my following, your family, you know, vice versa, they have to pay for their meals. And so I would set these tables up very nicely decored. I would go on Pinterest. I see what <laughs> kind of designs they have. Nice. 
hook up, pardon me, uh, go on Pinterest, see what designs they had on there, and then I will mock them, and then I will put them, you know, nicely uh, situated or decorated on the table, centerpieces, et cetera. Um, free uh, complimentary. Um, sorry, I keep saying um, I'm not used to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> You're good, man. It's all good. I would do the free complimentary champagne. I would do the fresh fruit, and I was also complimentary in bottled water. And then, so all you really had to do was just buy your French toast dish. And then I have these different choices and ways you've never seen it. So my signature plate is, I call it chicken French. Yes. And it's yes. candy yams on top of the French toast with paired with the jumbo fried wings. Nice. It's amazing. I know it sounds Ooh. crazy, but it's amazing. Oh, so no. funny story. First time I came to your restaurant, mm-hmm. uh, I was eating French toast. I just got a, I think I got like a, with banana or something like that banana cream yes yes it was banana cream and uh i think it was your mom came over and it was like why ain't you got no sweet potatoes on there and i was like what are you talking about (laughs) and then she just like she was just like hold on and she like goes off to the side and she comes up and she says just put this on the french toast and i was like all right i'm gonna do it (laughs) And sure enough, probably the best decision I ever made. So yeah. now I'm obsessed with that. Sweet potatoes, just like candy yams on French toast. Yeah, that's that's innovative, right? Did mm. you were you inspired by anything? Did that come from anything or is that just from your head? So that was simple as well. <laughs> yeah. Um out of my head. So my two favorite things, French toast, candy yams. My Perfect. mom made my favorite candy yams and I made the best French toast. So so they, they just go together naturally mm-hmm. then, right? Correct. Well, you Correct. keep saying your your French toast is the best. What what makes it the best? What, what What's the process? So aside from the recipe, you know, the timing that you dip your bread is a big part of it. Okay. So some people. These are over- my tips. I'm going to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to stow away from others. To- <laughs> if you, th- if your French toast is as bad as you think it is. It- it's not. I think it's good. I eat it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna ask I'm you just going off, I'm just going off my information. Yeah. Uh, that means the possibility that you oversaturated your bread. Okay. All right. Mm. Mm. So I have uh I'm pretty I can I, I put it like this. If I'm in a restaurant and I'm watching the person on the grill cook my French toast, I'll know exactly by looking at the way it cooks on my flat grill if they did something too much in the in the mix, like they overpour milk, if they overpour X, Y, and Z. I just, hey, you guys don't have enough of, you know, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fix it, and then it gets on a flat grill and it fries like that. Okay. Yeah. Can, can so. you talk about your flat your flat top grill for a second? Oh, yeah. Like, so, how, how well do you know that grill at this point? Pretty well. I mean, so here's the here's the the epic part about the restaurant that I'm in. It's only an eight-foot hood. So you guys mm-hmm. know a lot about restaurants, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So the whole purpose of having a huge hood is to <laughs> push out a lot of orders at once, correct? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now take the fact that I have an eight-foot hood, and as when, I think when you first came, it was summertime, correct? Yes. Yeah. 110 people. So 50 people in the back, 45 in the middle, which mm-hmm. is the direct part of the, the uh, restaurant, and then out on the patio, so extra 10. So 110 people. Good Lord. <laughs> throughout the That's... day in an eight-foot hood. And the flat grill was only 36 inches. Man. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. wild. You got to know every inch of that at that point too, like where are your hot spots because you got to use all of it. You can't like hide. Cool spots is down on the right side. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, (laughs) so you just crank it up a little bit on your right end. 
Um, I usually try to keep a lot of the, the meats to the to the left, and especially mm-hmm. if it's like pork, because you know people don't like the pork and the turkey bacon to sure. touch. Right. So you got that eight foot hood. You got one fryer for chicken, one fryer for fish or the seafood products, thirty six inch grill, and then you got four uh, burners. So it's it's a, it's it's really uh, impeccable the amount of food that we push out in that in that eight foot range. Yeah, yeah, that sounds stressful. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> no, man, how much uh, you, you said like that day that you were so busy at 110 people, how much French toast did you push out that day, you think? So bread wise, that would be about about 30, 34 loaves. It's yeah. 15 slices in each loaf because I give three, you know, in each order. Yeah. So. What, what kind of bread are you using? Texas toast. Texas toast. Yeah, okay. but this brand, it's a good brand. It's like really soft and so, you know. Nice. Bread yeah. is another part. So the bread yeah. you're using can make the difference in your French toast. Yeah, well, I know that. Yeah. I try. <laughs> Cooking <laughs> this time. Is like, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, we try like a brioche, um, or like a challah bread. Those are good. Challah's always good. Yeah. I've tried the, I tried that one. I just, so for that one, it was a little more, for me, my personal opinion, um, it was a little thicker. Okay. And, I didn't get the same response from that the challah bread as we did the Texas toast that I use. Or in the pop up situations, I was making my own bread. So yeah. like that's another unique part. So in oh seven, it was buy, cook, sell. In the middle uh in the midst of the COVID, everything I made from scratch. Wow. So my toppings are all me. Only thing now that's not is the bread, and that's just because the volume. Right. So mm-hmm. the goal is to hopefully get somebody that can mass produce uh, mass produce that bread for me, and then I could bring back my own bread. Nice, yeah. I mean, so you did some trials with some different styles of bread, then? Yeah, I have. I did. So me personally, I I prefer my my home bread, my homemade bread. Yeah. So the freshness is also another thing as well. So, okay. And that bread is like so when you have French toast. From bread that you just made an hour ago, mm-hmm. if that, you can instantly tell a difference. And so, really? you know, yeah, my people would always tell me. So it's yeah, interesting you, you because make bread today. yeah, I, if French toast was always made or classically made with like stale bread, correct, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, similar to like croutons or like things like that. Mm-hmm. They like always. It was just a way to save the bread, exactly. Mm-hmm. Instead not of throwing it. it out, yeah. It's actually, a, it's actually, I would call it a war dish. Yeah. You know, so when it was mm-hmm. World War II era and people were. Struggle dish. Yep, that's right. <laughs> people was running low on money. Yes. So they actually, and it wasn't, it had nothing to do with being sweet. They would right. take the bread and, and fry it in oil and then throw a little tomato paste on top. Nice. That sounds good. Ooh, too. tomato paste cooked on that sounds real good. Yeah. So. <laughs> Gotta get real savory. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and so I mean that was that was the original format, you know. I, and us as Americans do what we do, and we made it sweet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we love our sugar. That's right. <laughs> um, you mentioned uh, your menu and uh, chicken French. Mm-hmm. Is that what? What is your, the most popular menu item that you have right now? Oh, would I have that, to say chicken French. Yeah, yeah. So chicken French, banana cream. Well, uh, you know what. It's between chicken French and a vanilla sensation. Okay. So it depends on how you're feeling when you walk in. If you're feeling adventurous, you're going to try that chicken French. If you're feeling like, eh, I don't know, usually you're getting vanilla sensation. Nice. Okay. Those are the two go-tos then, huh? I have another one. Um, is, uh, it's called apple pork. So now that one is 
crazy too. So apple pork is the pork chop marinated, right? Mm-hmm. And then after you marinate it, you sear it in brown sugar and butter on the mm-hmm. grill. Okay. And then you put that on cinnamon applesauce and you pair it with the French toast with the sweet cooked apples. And that's crazy too. That sounds great. Oh, what is it with applesauce and uh <laughs> and meat products? Yeah, what is that? I don't I don't know. It's the sweet and the savory, man. Yeah, is so that it? it works. Yeah, people like that stuff. I don't it's it's never been my thing. Like my wife hates sweet and savory together. Mm. Yeah. She wants sweet, she wants savory, but she wants them completely separated. Okay. Oh wow. Not not her thing. Um but the one that one that stuck out to me on the menu is I'm I'm actually about to go to Savannah, Georgia this weekend. Okay. For a long weekend is the Geechee, which is you know, <laughs> Like the, you know, the Gullah Geechee people from, you know, South Carolina and, uh, and Georgia were, you know, kind of defined a lot of Southern Americana food Mm -hmm. in many ways. And it was, they were in a community that actually stayed intact for a long time, Mm -hmm. intact in a place forced in one place, of course, but the community stayed intact for a long time. You get a lot of these very traditional, you know, West African translated flavors. And I see you're doing something a little bit different with that. So I actually, that was more of a namesake for me. So the yeah. guy that taught me how to make French toast was very much so what I consider to be a Geechee. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, and, and when I say that as a black person, <laughs> I'm just saying, he, you know, the way he dressed, he would have like the overalls on with the cowboy boots and the flamboyant shirt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, or the way he walked, the way he talked, you know, his, his mannerisms, what we would call swagger these days. Um, so he taught me actually how to make the French toast. That was my mother's boyfriend that I had reference to earlier. Yeah, so that's uh, kind of a tribute. To it him, is. Uh, and so mm-hmm. the reason it's a tribute directly to him is because the only way he would eat his French toast was with American cheese in between. Really? So the Geechee is the American cheese in between the French toast with an eight-ounce steak. Nice. That sounds that Everything's so different on there, too. You know, it's not exactly what you would expect when it comes to French toast. Yeah, yeah. so you're not going to get these things at a diner. You're not going to get these right. things at the big chain food restaurants. Nah. Um, one day you will, because I'll be a chain. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Awesome, Keith, man. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with uh, Keith. Talk more Toast Factory. All right. Hello, listeners. This is Richard B. Cologne reminding you all to check out the Behind the Glass Gallery podcast, hosted by myself and Kwaje Donnell. Every month, we interview the latest First Friday featured gallery artists and dive deep into their passion, drive, and motivation beyond what they display on our gallery walls each month in downtown Rochester, New York. So please, if you haven't yet, subscribe and give us a listen. Also, don't forget to check out our monthly artist receptions every first Friday of the month from 6 to 8 p.m. 240 East Main Street at the Mercantile on Main. Hoping to see you all behind the glass. Welcome to Behind the Studio Door, where we dig into the vibrant creative landscape of Rochester, New York. Hi, I'm Molly Darling, and along with my co-host Christian Rivera and our fabulous producer Chris Lindstrom, it's my pleasure to guide you through the dynamic world of our local creative professionals. Each episode offers a unique glimpse into the studios of those who enrich our Rochester community with their artistic vision. Join us as we explore the diversity and talent in Rochester, revealing the compelling narratives and creative journeys that exist just beyond the studio door. All right, we're back with Keith Brown of the Toast Factory. We're talking breakfast. We're talking French toast. Chris, you were there the other day. What'd you have? Oh, man. So I had the catfish and grits. I was trying to decide between the shrimp and grits and the catfish and grits, and then I just got like a short stack of French toast. <laughs> the The catfish comes in like a giant bowl. I thought it was just going to be like in the grits, like, you know, usual. No, I got a giant bowl of grits. I got a giant bowl of catfish. 
So it was like perfect. And then the hot sauce over on the side. So of course, of course, yeah, got to do that. Got to do that to the grits. I don't know uh, if you're a sugar grits or a salt grits person, but uh, if you're a sugar grits person, I'm sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's the most debated I topic. I don't <laughs> trust you. Yeah. You know, you might be an op. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's the new accusation. Yeah. Right? J. Edgar Hoover ate sugar grits. <laughs> that's bad. We saying Henry Kissinger ate sugar grits? Probably. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Is that right up there with the ranch and blue cheese debate? I think so. Yeah. I okay. think so. The Western New York. <laughs> I will hope it's always ranch. Yeah, you're a ranch uh, I'm a guy. ranch guy. Oh. Uh, see, see but I'm also a sugar and a grit guy. Oh, oh no! Wow. You would never know that. Would oh, your sides. Chris just burned some bridges. Serious yeah. bridges over here. I'm Look burning. at this guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna open up the the pancake factory next to your place. <laughs> the spite the spite store at yeah. a spite. <laughs> no, so it's really fifty fifty. That's the crazy part. I swear. So I did a um, I did a brunch with it was a lady, older lady. Well, it was a bunch of older women. And it was somebody getting married. So, you know, it was a bachelor, I think. And they absolutely killed the grits. I didn't put a ton of sugar in them. But, yes, I dabbled some sugar in there amongst other things in the oh, grits. I had no idea. No, not that. So, at the restaurant, okay. is different, right? Because I got a staff now. So, <laughs> right, I'm not yeah, always yeah. the one cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, when I did that bachelorette one, yeah, they and they killed it. They murdered it. I mean, I didn't even have a grit to take home. That's yeah. great. Well, I'll have to put a, a poll up in our on our socials. <laughs> Are you team salt or team sugar? Oh, we're absolutely doing Everybody that. Everybody weigh in, okay? We want to know. Oh, you don't put one or the other. If you use sugar, you should still be having salt in there, too. Yeah, wow. And thank you very much. Every sweet thing needs to be salted properly to right. taste good. It's all about the flavor. Yeah, bring brings everything up, pops That's it right. up a little bit. Right. Yeah, remember when we made that cake and we forgot to put salt in it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that Trying was Trying to bad. figure out what, what was yeah. the missing ingredient. Yeah. Right. Well, actually, like- so we had um, Mina, Chef Mina. Um, she works over at U of R, but she's been on like Food Network and stuff. And nice. so we had her on. She's a buddy of mine. I uh, went to high school with her, actually. And... Uh, we presented our cake, which was, it was nice. It, yeah, she it said nice. it had the consistency of a pound cake. Yes. But it wasn't supposed you to guys have the consistency of a pound cake. <laughs> I love that she said it all nice. Oh, this has the texture of a pound cake. Yeah, yeah right. But we weren't going for yeah. a pound cake. We were nah. just, it, it was out of a box. So we forgot something. But yeah. like she was able to identify it too. Yeah. I mean, like, it's missing she has a trained I'm palate. Not, yeah, I'm yeah. not a traditional like. I don't even actually like being called a chef. I'm just, yeah. that's just, I'm just more of a businessman and a, and a creator, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely big on creativity. And I think that's one thing that stands out with the toast factor. Nice. Absolutely. Businessman in the kitchen. Okay. But like we gotta, we gotta <laughs> oh, I'm get sorry. Back yeah, yeah, to, I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. You gotta get back to that fish, man. <laughs> Yo, it was, it was absolutely amazing. It reminded me of like, you know, I come from Baltimore, which is definitely a seafood town. So, Indeed. like, catfish, lake trout, all of that. And it reminded me of lake trout that I would get off, you know, these these lake trout shops. Just, you know, you just go there and you get, like, a giant box of of fried lake trout. Oh. And then just go to town. Okay. So, yeah, it really brought me, it brought me home. Got you. So, I was all about it. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, it seems like, you know, your menu, it's not anything like the usual, you know, 
uh, you, you're very innovative and you're, you're coming up with new takes on, uh, you know, things people are used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what kind of were your inspirations when you were creating this menu? You know, you mentioned um, your your mother's boyfriend for the, uh, the, the one menu item. Uh, what Are there any other ones uh, that were inspired by people or times in your life? It's all a life experience for me. Yeah. So um, when I was thinking of other uh, menu items to put on that menu, it was always the ideal in my head was always wanted to be different, but not just be different. It had to be great. And so every plate that I put on my menu, I can stand behind. I love my original French toast. Mm-hmm. I love my vanilla station. I love my banana cream. I love my chicken French. I love my apple pork. We have blueberry. So I could stand behind all these plates and I feel like I'm a, a critic of myself as well. Mm-hmm. You got to be. So yeah. with that being said, it was just different experience in life. Like apple pork, that came from when I went to a great restaurant. Um, I'm going to mess the name up. Tornados. Oh, yeah. Tornados. Yeah, yeah. Tornados. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Some fancy person told me I said it wrong. Um, <laughs> like who are we disrespecting the French who cares <laughs> yeah. so you know and I went there and it was just like I, I had a I had a big like I don't even know the ounce on the pork chop it was that big that was the only place I ever had a pork chop that big um, and they put it on applesauce and when they brought it out I was just like what is this and so I <laughs> cut it and I tasted it and I was like mm, not bad <laughs> Different, not bad. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, I ate it. The pork chop was well seasoned. Um, and then I just like kind of, you know, when I was at home and I was creating plates and I was like, ah, I got to create some more plates. I add to the menu. I kind of took, like, I, that's why I say it's like life experience. Yeah, I yeah. took that with me. And you then filed I, that away for and later And increased on. The, yeah. the flavor profile. So, nice. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I, I love hearing stories like that. You know, when you have a meal somewhere and you're like, oh, I got to remember that. And it it yeah. goes to... Uh, you know, having good meals in restaurants and like that staying with you too, and then then in turn inspiring your menu, which is awesome. One hundred percent, definitely. So, Keith, you're in uh with the the Culver Merchants neighborhood, correct? Yeah how how is it over there? Um, how has the neighborhood, you know, been to you? <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, it's also changing. It's also changing pretty quick. I mean, with uh, new businesses coming in the area, mm-hmm. between yourself and what uh, what Luis is doing over at Peels on Wheels, yep. okay, and some of the old school stuff like uh, Nino's Pizzeria over Tavos there is in there, right? Yeah, you so, call that merchants. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it the things are being things are building out in there on Culver too, pretty quick, and it's like over on North Winton, like this area has changed so much in the last you know, 10, 15 years and it's starting to get built up for walkability and everything. And like Culver's starting to grow up too a little bit. Well, I mean, it is a, that, that space that we're in is a pedestrian, what they would classify as a pedestrian neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of people walking their dogs, a lot mm-hmm. of people jogging. Don't get me wrong. It's, and it's actually some neighbors that I absolutely love and adore um, from the wife to the husband and the dog. It's one in particular, I, mm-hmm. you know, they come by, they always see me and they always wave, they always talk. Um, but then you know you have some you have a bit of adversity. Okay, really? Yeah. 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 Most of the most of the time is about parking. Uh, I uh, mean, parking. Rochester has an issue with parking. Like, 
Just in general, every neighborhood I go to is like impossible to find a parking spot. So. Yeah. I feel like the neighborhood just has to like understand that there's a business there. And it's mm-hmm. like you want these businesses to flourish and yeah. be successful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just got to put up with a little bullshit, right? So yeah. it's like. Well, you want to be able to walk to something good. Right. Like they need business to stay open. I right. would prefer a business rather than. An empty space. Yeah. yeah. Just sure. just me. Yeah. I mean when I first when I first moved here, like that area was not considered the best area to no. be. And like now it's like it's you know, the only thing that was there was James Brown's place mm-hmm. and the laundromat. And uh James Brown's place shut down, but there's a new yeah, place Johnny's coming in. Johnny's over there. Yeah. yeah. Johnny yeah, Johnny's mm-hmm. too. Yep. But Merch's like it was like through. you go there, you go to Merch's Grill, that's it. Right. But now there's like a bunch of stuff. Johnny's is still there. Merchant's still there. Uh, there's a Puerto Rican restaurant opening up right right where uh, James Brown's place was. Ooh, nice. Oh, really? Now we yeah, got this Toast Factory. Was it supposed to be like the Raps? I think it's I think it's the Raps. I, they're I think like I might have heard that. They've been they've been grinding. Yeah. <laughs> they've been grinding. Well, they, there they, there was a lot of work in that place too. Like, yeah, it needed from it, from it what needed, I it needed love. Yeah. It needed love. Yeah, yeah. We well we when we had her on the show, mm-hmm. uh, James Brown's place. The the new owner mm-hmm. and now old owner yeah. uh yeah we we took a tour of the place yeah it, mm-hmm. it was uh yeah yeah it, it was some, it was still love. it was still a work in progress it was like, still yeah, a work in progress I'm, I'm saying a lot without <laughs> yeah. saying anything you know yeah. uh sometimes you know yeah. we we try to stay positive this is, i'll so. give you yeah, yeah i know you guys mm-hmm. do um that's why i I kind of just said it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. But I'll give you, I could give you guys a quick glimpse of, and you can use your own imagination of what I may be dealing with. Prime example is this: uh, we were closed. I mean, two, three hours closed. Yeah, it was an accident on the corner. The neighborhood said it was my fault because of parking that the accident get out. happened. Come on! No, no, no. They actually formed a petition and put it on Facebook and all kind of stuff. They did not. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's that's so yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? It's this is the, this the kind of stuff that we like we want good stuff in our neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And this is the stuff that kills me all the time. Like people live over there, they should want to walk to places. They should want you to be busy. There's nothing I like more than not being able to get into a restaurant <laughs> on a busy day. Right. There, I love like how many times I tried to go to like Fiorella's or right. go mm-hmm. to a place where it's too busy for me to walk in. Right. Mm-hmm. Being like they away. should, they should yeah. love that the neighborhood's busy because this is the stuff that makes a neighborhood where people want to live. Right. Not, not. It's not just the houses. It's the stuff. It's the. It's a community, mm-hmm. and the community isn't just houses. The community is a place to gather. Mm-hmm. It's a place where you can enjoy somebody's concepts and culture. Like this, this is the shit that makes a place worth living. Like one, just go ahead and straight go fuck yourself. Like this is, this is what, this is the stuff that makes a place worth living. And like, like grow up, like yeah, yeah. learn yeah, how to yeah. park on side streets. Right. Yeah, like I this mean, isn't a business's fault. I thought that. The Sorry. I'm, no, you good. Stuff drives me crazy. You, t- you touched the point. I'm glad you said it and I didn't. So this way they can't crucify me. Um, <laughs> yes. Please, please yeah. yell at me. Chris Lindstrom. Food about town. So Stromy, right. Stromy is the uh, anger translator for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I, I get to put the, the righteous white anger out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Use your privilege in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, so I mean, I, I guess I don't really want to elaborate much more, but it, it's, yeah. a, it's a bit of a headache. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I know we were talking a little bit. You might be looking for a new location or a different location or yeah. adding. Yeah, like a bigger yes. space. Yeah. Yes, bigger yeah. space. So, okay. You know, I, be, I can't, I can't imagine that's, you know, these types of Bigger space, parking lot. Playing into this as well. Yeah, yeah. these kind of things. And then, you, you know, problem solved. Yeah. Not yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, so on the positive side, mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like you got a whole brunch vibe thing going on. Like I was just looking at the cocktail menu. How do you how do you set the vibes for brunch in the place where it's different than just a different part of service? Are you always going for those big brunch vibes or are you trying to bring something different on those days? So what's different in that sense is normal for my culture. Okay. So you go to Houston, you go to Charlotte, you go to Atlanta, this stuff is normal. And I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards it now is because this is what they see usually only on vacation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's you know it's two birds and one stone. So you have the the niche market of mine with the French toast, right, and the different things and different products and quality of food, and then you also have the whole vibe that you usually get on vacation. So mm-hmm. now you can get it at home. Mm-hmm. So you combine those two things together. I think that's a, a part of the success for the brick and mortar. So we had success as a pop up. We had success as a you know private a private uh, catering, and now we're showing success as you know the brick and mortar. So it's a good thing because again, my goal is to push this all across the country. So yeah, yeah. well yeah, 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 yeah those that, vibes that make a huge difference. Definitely, yeah. Now that was a big deal in Brooklyn. I know that was a mm-hmm. hot thing. I forget what they would call it. Lit brunch or something like the, you know they bring a DJ in. Yeah, yep. people would be hanging out. All day, you know, like oh, it's bro. definitely like it the, new, party. the new you go, Yeah, you go to the south and it's uh, it's like just get south of the Mason Dixon line, man. It's great. Yeah. Like, Matter of fact, here's here's a fun fact. This is how I know my thing is a thing too. You guys ever heard of the Breakfast Club in Houston? Yeah. Yeah. So my little cousin comes up to me one day and she says, "Hey, cuz, I meant to tell you, I was just in Houston last week, and you know what they asked me to try? I said, No. What's that? Let me know." Uh, you have to try our new plate, candy yams on top of the French toast. Get out! Oh, what? Oh man, I swear to God, yeah. So, yo, you need to, you need to start uh, copywriting your stuff. That's I do, right? <laughs> yeah. So that write so down that, that says, recipe, mail it to yourself. Yeah. Well, so it's okay. It's 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 a, it's a bit of flattery, you know. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what they do; they can't make it like me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're the originator. That's the right. originator. And yes. we got this documented that this mm-hmm. is, the, you know, I'm the guy who created that plate. So uh, yes. it's, it's cool, but it's really something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What What can people expect when they, they visit you, say, on a Sunday? So you're going to have great music. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a uh, nice ambiance uh, mixed with the music. And when I say that, so we have us, we have a nice sign, illuminated sign. Um, little grass around there. It's a little copper touches like on the bar. I had the carpets ripped up from off our um our display windows, and then we put down wood, and then he you know he put some wood marks, and then then he stained it black, so the copper is right underneath that. Yes. Uh, we have TVs, we have music. So and then every day the music may be different. So like oh. today is a Monday. I went with the old school today, so it was a Aretha Franklin uh channel. Nice. Okay. Artists, nice. so. That's actually nice. old school. I mean, we were saying that's like actual old retro, school. and you were <laughs> yeah, you were talking about like, like loving 90s. basketball. Yeah. I was like, get out of here, man! <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, retro is like you're not it's, old. It's but constantly it's just, changing. I get it. Yeah. It is. It is. So yeah, and I like a lot of different genres of music too. So mm-hmm. try to I try to keep it fair. 
Yeah. So before you mentioned you were doing some different things, some uh, events or like different uh, type of to, to pull people in. What can you tell us a little bit about that? So we stopped the R&B happy hour. Um, it's over. Was... Stop asking about it. Okay. <laughs> people do ask about it still. They it's, love on, it. it's on hold. So, well, yes, until the new place. <laughs> so that what it, the crazy part is this. Think about it. How many places could you go in the city and it's packed, it's jam packed? And everybody's actually enjoying themselves and no violence. Yeah. For sure. And that's, again, building real community. That's right. I'm like, you know what people want? They want a fun place to go that that's is right. comfortable, that is safe, that is right. a great place to celebrate. That's right. Yep. So that was that was, that was was epic about that. Um, but what we have coming up is dinner and a movie. Okay. And so as you guys just said, the retro. Kind <laughs> 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 of do some retro black films for now. Maybe I might switch it, switch the theme. It's nothing wrong with playing around with the themes. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first movie will be Loving, uh, not Loving Basketball. That's the one I wanted. They didn't, <laughs> yeah. they didn't vote for that. I put Loving Basketball against Love Jones, and they uh, called it Love Jones. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think Love Oh, you Jones. can see why? Yeah, Love Jones, Love Jones was dope. Love Jones was dope. Better than Loving Basketball. Uh, <sighs> That's hard. That is I hard. Don't know. <laughs> I go loving basketball, but yeah, I, I wasn't yeah. voting, so I don't know. You know, it's it's kind of a toss up because both of them came out like I think within a year of each other, and I remember them both being bomb, like real good. Both were, and I remember I was mad because neither of them, because the writing was really good, mm-hmm. neither of them got nominated for like an Oscar or anything. Hmm. Like they got their flowers, like you know. And Do you notice how awards and all that the stuff? Oscars just doesn't hold weight with our generation? No, it so does not. You know, it my don't ge- mean it don't mean yeah. nothing. But like, it was, this is like back when like Jesse Jackson was like, "We got to boycott the Oscars." Yeah, it's a different. Which, we have different mindsets these days. Yeah, yeah. Especially me, I can care less. I had a I had a plaque. I haven't hung it yet. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's not out of disrespect. It's just that it doesn't define me. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I mean, you're looking for. Uh, accolades in a different place, right? From your your customers, myself, and, yeah. And so I never compete with anybody. I always mm-hmm. compete with me. Yeah. And the biggest thing that I wanted to prove to me is that I am who I said I am. I am smart. I'm intelligent. And so, in this case, maybe a genius. And <laughs> <laughs> and um, just he's also timid. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, so like I don't know. Is this growing up? I looked up to my role models. And, and whatever spaces they were. And I wanted to make sure that I felt it was more important for me to be who I thought I was than anybody else because I live with me. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, that's just kind of like, that's that's what drives me. That's my ambition. Yeah. So, yeah, back to the movie. Apologies. Um, <laughs> the Something nice about the Love Jones is I'm going to actually have a, a poet reading right before the movie starts since oh, that's nice. the theme of the movie. And so mm-hmm. you get your complimentary glass of wine and a complimentary fresh cup of fruit. And then, you know, your dinner in the middle of the movie. That's nice. Are you doing yeah. any, like, special menu items for that? or? Yeah, well, I haven't decided yet, but what I was playing with in my mind was, like, a macaroni and cheese, right? You got the mm-hmm. southern sole um, with a steak and a lobster tail. Wow. Okay. That sounds great. Dinner in a movie. And Love then it. the last thing, so we can wrap it up. I know you guys probably on the time. Is no, no. Good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh-oh. No, we're okay, all good. Wrap it up real good. No, okay. no. Yeah, we're good. On the last, uh, <laughs> another quick idea that I had is like a game night, but I want to kind of make it like a game show. So record it. 
So with the game I bought is called Do or Drink Team Wars. So <laughs> I think that'll be a very fun and interactive thing we could do in uh, replacement of the R&B happy hour. And so, you know, if you want to partake with your team, each teammate plays, uh, pays $25 because that covers the drinking because you're getting way more than $25 worth of liquor. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then for those who, you know, maybe a little more shy and timid, his words <laughs> <laughs> like uh, yourself like yourself yeah. yeah then you could kind of sit back and watch the fun and then you still have access you know you can buy yourself some food or a drink so i mm-hmm. think those are different things it's just like the toast factor we're different you know we're niche and i think that'll get some community interaction and i think that's those are two things that people wouldn't mind doing that's great man that sounds yeah. exciting what do you guys think yeah, I, I think these are great. I'm always looking for different things. I mean, uh, I'm a little over trivia. I could tell you that. Uh, <laughs> I'm over game night. You, okay. If you're listening, I'm over you game night. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. Now, I'm a comedian, so I'm like, I want more stand up comedy out there. But, um, and it's, you know, they don't, they're scared of it sometimes but uh it's yeah okay. they're, they're scared yeah. of it yeah they, they won't let you do it <laughs> so you have to go to the rebel places to go get the comedy there's a few places and we're successful we have great shows no you guys have been killing shows. it um yeah, yeah the so, refined taste audiences like thanks, really man. come out for those shows and you guys Where's kill this? it with your shows so uh, uh wherever yeah <laughs> wherever they'll have us yeah okay. yeah but uh we have uh pretty regular shows at crisp Mm-hmm. Um, in the with Swilberg neighborhood. Yep. Um, we had a monthly at Selena's, and that they got rid of their extra private room that they were yeah, doing it yeah, in. Yeah, they sold it. Okay. To but there might be a new thing coming up. I can't talk about it yet. But um, yeah. I'm in talks with the, the owners, uh, Aaron over there, and uh, so that they might have a new room for us. That's going to be bigger, too. So that's awesome. going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we do, like, pop-ups all over the place. We've done ones at, like, Capucha, mm-hmm. um, summer ones outside with uh, La Petite Boutine, things yep. like that. So, yeah, we've been doing that since the beginning um, of the podcast, too, because we always want to incorporate the comedy with the food, too. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. I guess, lastly, I'll say uh, I just started back doing the bookings as well. So you can call and you can book if you still want us to come off site. So nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes you want that special event at your space and having the whole thing done for you just makes all the difference. You don't have to worry about that side Mm -hmm. because you know, you're going to come in and kill it for him. It's going to be, it's going to be a great experience top to bottom. That's right. Like Keith, bring the factory to you. Yes. Indeed. (laughs) TM. Uh, Chris. Yes. Do you have any terrible, horrible ideas for Keith and the toast factory? Oh yeah, I got some. I got some really bad ideas right here. Do I get to respond? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you can, excellent. You oh, one hundred percent. You, 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 you get feedback. And take it. It's gonna be. <laughs> that was grim. So, <laughs> so you actually you actually hit on one, um, like with a quiz night. Except this one would be like toast facts, and it's just all all questions about toast, whether it be French or not, the history of it, all of that. And uh, you know, you just could be people, wrong, but it seems a little, a little boring. Yeah, yeah. there we that go. He's on point. <laughs> that could be. All right. Sorry about so that. So, what about um, what about like roast factory, where like it's a, it's just like you get a bunch of comedians in there, mm-hmm. they roast the hell out of each other, and then like whoever loses, you know, you 
you just kick them the hell out. I don't know what you do. That with could them. be dope. Yeah. That could be dope. Uh, oh, I guess not. The people, the people don't agree. Yeah, Stromy, Stromy is not invested yeah. in this business. We need some and positive sound effects. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, we'll, we'll wait for it. Let's see what's next. All right. <laughs> my last, my last idea. Something that rhymes with toast. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a boast factory. Freestyle battles in the back. Winner gets like Cypher. fifty dollars worth. No, a hundred dollars worth of toast. I don't know. <laughs> that you should have did that one the last one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Freestyle battles, brunch. I don't. What else do you need? Yes. I don't know. You know, I'm gonna think about it now that you put it in the air. But it's rough. I don't know. <laughs> Look, they're called bad, terrible ideas. I so. see. I see. It's Usually they're pretty good. I mean, this this one, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just start freestyling there. And Usually, I go back ahead, you. Go ahead, right now. Just yeah. go ahead. Right no, now. so little not. child. I gotta write it down. There's so little child labor, Chris. <laughs> I know. No, yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's right. You got five kids, don't you? I do. Why they ain't working? <laughs> oh no! Ironically, this is the crazy. So we have, have four now, technically. The other one's still, you know, still in the other. Okay, that one, that one is off the hook. But but the rest, the rest of, them. of them is, with the exception of my three year old. So the other mm-hmm. three, they all know how to, you know, work in a toast factory. Number that, the oldest, she could do everything I could do. Nice. She can make my bread. She can cook. She can run the register. She can they, serve. They food. enjoy doing it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Well, she does because they get actual. You know. So I pay my employees fifteen dollars an hour, and if my Baby work, she gets fifteen dollars an hour. Wow, that's fifteen dollars more per hour than I ever got paid when I was a kid working. <laughs> yeah, <That's> seriously. Right. <laughs> oh man! All right, you Keith, man. Paying I, a fair wage. Yeah, exactly. Child well, labor. I hear they're gonna up it again, so I'm sure I have a bunch of my employees on my doorstep soon. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna hear this and they're gonna come for you. <laughs> um. Keith, man, where where can people find the where is the Toast Factory? Tell tell our audience where to find you. Thirteen twenty two Culver Road, Rochester, New York one four six zero nine. Nice. And what what are your hours currently? So we're open every day except Tuesday, and through the weekday, those hours are seven a.m. to three p.m. And on Saturday and Sunday, the hours are seven a.m. to two. All right, Tuesday is your one day. Yeah, I originally tried seven days, and it's just like, nah. I think the next week after, it was like, nah, it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> you got to rest. Yeah, you, no, gotta you rest. definitely have to. And social media, what, where can people find you? So on Facebook, it's just Keith Brown II, which is my name, and you'll see the Toast Factory logo. So okay, that's pretty simple. And on IG, it's the underscore Toast underscore Factory. All right. Nice. I'm on LinkedIn, but, you know, don't, don't really... Not that active over there. <laughs> no, <Nah>, nobody <laughs> nobody does anything with LinkedIn, man. TikTok. <laughs> I just get Unless notifications. Unless you're looking for a job. Yeah. Like, TikTok is uh, people the People have viewing your profile. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been told that I need to, you know, step my social media game up, so. Yeah. Oh, get the kids to do that. I know. Yeah, the, the three-year-old could probably run The three-year-old right probably is. Yeah. She's pretty active on YouTube. Yeah. She probably, she probably <laughs> already got a TikTok. subscribers, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Keith, man, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, go check him out at the Toast Factory. Uh, you won't regret it. It's going to be a great meal, definitely. It will be. Appreciate you, you. Appreciate it, guys. See you soon. All right. This has been a presentation of the Lunchable Podcast Network.
appreciate it. Definitely. Thank you.